Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, we are going to be jumping around. And so I'm going to give you uh, a couple options here. Um, I hope you have a notebook or your phone has some way to keep notes. I'm going to give you four different passages of Scripture. And you can either pick one of those and look that up, because when we jump there, you'll, you'll have reference to it. Or you can just take out your notepad and write down these four references, because we're going to tackle these four. We've got a pile of stuff to talk about today, and I'm going to try to just run right through them. So the first one is Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 to 13. The second one is 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5. The third one is Galatians chapter 2, verse 14. I'll come back to them. And the last one is 2 Kings 4 through 6. You guys got all that? All right, great. Well, over the past month, we have talked about your calling. What's your calling? What has God been calling you to be and to do? And we have learned a number of things along that journey. The first thing we learned was that Jesus doesn't want you to be a good person. He wants you to follow him. That is not about your moral capacity or whether you're following the rules or not. That's not what it's about. He didn't say, oh, Peter, stop being a fisherman. Come be a good person. He said, come follow me and Consistently in the Gospels, we see Jesus calling people not to be good, but to follow him. And following him then produces good people. But the, the key priority is that we are following Jesus in every part of our lives. The second thing we learned is that God isn't calling you because he thinks you can do it on your own. He's calling you because he knows he can do it through you. That he doesn't look into you and say whether or not you've got the capacity or think that you can do miracles on your own and your own power. He looks at you and says, I know you can't do it on your own. I know you are incapable of changing the world by yourself. But I believe that I can do it through you. And that God is the one that provides. And it's not all on you. It's on you to be obedient and let him do the incredible, powerful work in you and through you to change those around you. The third thing that we looked at and we looked at last week is that it is vitally important that you don't miss your calling by listening to someone else's. It is vitally important that you don't miss your calling By listening to someone else's. Don't get distracted by looking at somebody else or looking at the pastor or looking at this great leader or your neighbor or your spouse even. And look at what the calling is that's on their life. Don't get distracted by all those other callings and miss out on what God is saying to you specifically. Well, now that we've kind of gone through that and we've kind of wade into this journey. Some of you have actually done the hard work and figured out a bit of what God is calling you to be and to do. Some of you, that's a a matter of taking on a volunteer position. Maybe you're starting a new ministry. Maybe you're figuring out something you got to change about your finances or what. maybe you have to change your job or you have to change how you behave at your job. Or maybe it's a matter of you need to change how you're a parent. 
or how you're a spouse and you feel like God is, ask, is calling you to be a better spouse or to be a better parent or grandparent or to be an influence in your family, whatever it is, you've kind of done the work and some of you are still figuring it out and that's okay, but you've done the work and you have an idea of what God is calling you to be and to do. Well, now we're at the place of once you have that figured out, what do you do next? Well, obviously, you live out your calling. But I also think there's something else we need to do after we have figured out what our calling is and we start living it out. What is it that we're supposed to do? And it's this you need to keep listening for God's calling, even when you're living it out. Keep listening for God's calling, even while you're living it out. Now, let's dig into the Word, and I'll, and I'll explain where I'm getting this. Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. This is a story. Moses, who was leading the Israelite people, they had been living in the desert, wandering in the desert for a long time, and time after time they would come to Moses and they would complain and they would whine, and they would complain and they would whine, and then God would do something miraculous and provide food for them, or provide water for them, or defeat their enemies, or take care of them, or heal a disease, or whatever it was. And time after time, God would provide. And we get to Numbers chapter 20, and we're in this situation, and we're... the. The people are complaining again, and they've already, God has already provided water from a rock for them in previous times, and so they go to Moses and they're complaining, God says, all right, go to this rock, and we'll get some water from this rock. And Moses goes, and this is what happens, and I'm going to read verses 11 and 12, Numbers chapter 20, 11 and 12, this is what it says. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Now there's some debate as to why... God says that to Moses. Moses goes ahead and he hits the rock and water comes out and the miracle is done. But still, God looks at Moses and says, you didn't honor me. You didn't honor me. And so there are consequences to that, that action. And there's debate as to whether he should hit the rock once or twice or it was something that he said. But whatever it was, I believe it boiled down to the fact that at some point in this journey... Moses started to get cocky. And he started to think that he had a right to his calling. And so the lesson is, don't get cocky. This is God's calling on you, not yours on him. Don't get cocky. This is God's calling on you, not your calling on God. That's number one. That's point number one. Now, number two, 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 
First Chronicles chapter 22. We're in this situation where there's this man named David who is the king of Israel and he is known as the greatest king out of the historical kings. He's the greatest king of Israel, the one that everyone gets compared to. And he did incredible things for God. He is known as a man after God's own heart, but he wasn't perfect. And he ended up doing some really horrible things and he ended up doing some things in the, in the whole history that led to a number of wars and a lot of bloodshed. But he had this great desire to continue the work of honoring God, and he wanted to build a temple that would honor God and declare God's glory to the entire world. And he had this great passion for it. But when it came down to it, God said to him, no. And this is what it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Now, what does all that mean? That means that David saw that he was not the one that was going to get to build the temple of God but that it was going to be somebody else. And so he went home and he cried and cried and cried and cried and laid in bed and wallowed in self-pity and never did anything good ever again. No. He looked at that and he said, you know what, I have this passion, but I know that the calling to honor God is bigger than me and it's going to outlast my life. And so I'm going to set up the next generation to continue that calling. So David knew. And David had this expectation that the calling would be bigger and longer than his own life. It wasn't that David felt that he was bigger, that he, what he was called to do would, be, would outlast him. But he knew that the calling to honor God was bigger than him and would outlast him. And so he prepared the next generation for it. And so our lesson is to expect the calling to be bigger and longer than your life. Now, Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, Galatians is a book written by the Apostle Paul, who was one of the early church leaders and he, went, and he went around the world telling people about Jesus. And he and Peter didn't always get along. And so we have this account of one time where, where Paul and Peter were in Jerusalem and they were among the believers. And Paul writes this about Peter. He says in verse 14, When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, which is another name for Peter, in front of everybody, You are a Jew, you live like a Gentile and not a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Now, what does that mean? Basically, Peter was there among the church, and he was treating one group of Peter better than another group of people, which is not how the church is supposed to function. So Paul called him out, and rightly so. Peter was failing in his calling to lead the church. Now, we know that that event happens before about 57 AD because the letter 
to the Galatians was written in about 57 AD. And so that event had to have happened before that. But then we have in the Bible two letters from Peter. 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Very original names. And we know that those, that first letter was written in about 63 AD. So if you follow the timeline, Peter messed up in his calling. Paul wrote about it. And Peter was still doing ministry afterwards. Now we know the story of Peter, and Peter messed up a lot, a lot of times. And yet he still was doing good work. And the lesson I think we need to take from that is that failure doesn't necessarily mean that your calling is over. Failure doesn't mean your calling is over. I mean, we can look back at Moses. Moses failed, and there were consequences, but his calling wasn't over because of that. And in our lives, we need to remember that even though we have this calling and we don't always get it right and we fail, it doesn't mean that just because we fail along that journey in our calling that our calling is over. Everything I see in this book tells me otherwise. Just because you fail doesn't mean your calling is over. Now, to the book of 2 Kings. Chapters 4 through 6. Now, we're going to read all three chapters here. And no, we're not, we're not going to... That, that's, they're, they're pretty long chapters. Um, I highly recommend going home and reading those three chapters. But basically, the summary is there is this prophet named Elisha. And he takes over the mantle from the prophet Elijah. And Elisha goes and he's interacting with different people in these chapters. And at every, it seems like every turn, when he interacts with a different group of people, he ends up having to do some sort of miraculous work. At one point, he interacts with a, with a widow, and she's got just a small jar of oil, and they're, they're running out of food, and they're running out of money. And so he says, go get some pots, and just keep pouring into these pots, and the oil won't run out. Another time, there's this little boy who, um, who dies, and he sends, he sends his servant with the staff and says, put the staff on the boy and he'll come. And, but that doesn't work. And so he ends up having to go and lay on the boy twice. And then the boy comes back to life. There's another situation where there's a man who's covered in disease. And he tells him to dunk himself into a dirty river seven times. And then he'll be healed. And we have a number of these miracles take place where Elisha goes. And he does a different thing every time. He doesn't go and put the stick on the boy and then put the stick on the jars and then put the stick on the man with disease. He doesn't go and lay on the jars and lay on the boy and then lay on the man with disease. He doesn't, he doesn't tell everybody, you know, pour it into the jar and take the man and pour him in. Nope. Like, the, the application is different. In each one of these situations, Elisha has to do things differently depending on the context of the situation. There's even the fact that there's one point where the woman is talking about her, her, how her, she lost her husband. And Elisha doesn't do anything to change that. Obviously, God granted him the power to bring people back to life, and yet he doesn't change the fact that her husband died. 
And what does that teach us? What do I, what do I pull from that? It's that sometimes the practical application of your calling changes. Sometimes the practical application of your calling changes. Sometimes your calling means volunteering for a certain position. Sometimes it's, it, your calling means saying no to a position. Sometimes it means that you need to give. Sometimes it means you need to save. But even, even with that, your calling doesn't necessarily change. It just means that how you live it out can change. And so we've got all these points. We've got, don't get cocky. It's God's call on you, not yours on Him. Expect it to be bigger and longer than your life. Failure doesn't mean your call is over. And sometimes the practical application changes. So keep listening for God's calling, even when you're living it out. You see, God has this call on each one of you. And some of you are here today, and that calling, that calling is the first and the greatest calling that you will ever receive because it is the calling of Jesus on you to come follow Him. And some of you heard that calling and went away from it, and some of you, you've heard that calling and you haven't said yes yet. But this calling that God has on your life is something that will radically change you and your family and those around you forever. And I mean forever. Not just your life. Into eternity. And He wants to set you free from the power of sin and the power of death. He wants to see your family freed from oppression and anxiety and fear, and He wants to fill your heart with peace and love. He wants to get rid of those grudges and that anxiety and that bitterness that you carry. And He wants to give you incredible purpose. And He's calling you to follow Him. And your very first step in this journey is today to say, I will follow you, Jesus. And some of you are here today and you're hearing God calling you to a specific purpose. And that might be with your family. It might be with your friends. It might be at work. It may be your church. It may be ministry. It may be starting up a new ministry. It may be your influence in the community. It may be your finances. It may be your luxuries. It may be your hobbies. I don't know what it is. But He is calling you. And you've got to take that step, that first step of faith, to begin following Him along that journey and take that step of obedience, that step of courage. And as you're along that journey, you need to remember to keep listening for God's calling, even as you're living it out. The worship team's going to come, and we're going to wrap things up here. And I want you... I want to leave you with this. As you go home, or when you get home, I want you to take a whiteboard marker 
or just a marker on a post-it note or something. And I want you to write on the mirror, bathroom mirror, kitchen window, write it on the fridge, take out a note, put it on your post-it note on your, on your phone, whatever it is. I want you to write, keep listening. Keep listening. So that when you see it throughout this week, you will remember to keep listening for God's calling you, even while you're living it out. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.